0: Was the lovely sound of pro-Hamas demonstrators uh, desecrating the cemetery in Los Angeles that holds, holds all kinds of military war veterans? It looks a little bit like a mini Arlington Cemetery. It's really disgraceful. Well, they're stopping traffic. Uh, they, they, have a, they have something to say. Uh, they want the United States to stop uh, helping Israel in this fight. To defend themselves against Hamas, they started it on the the Sabbath massacre, October the 7th. Uh, They started it. They massacred people, and now Hamas and its uh, friends here in the United States are twisting the entire thing, calling the Israelis uh, the people that are massacring. This is what they do. I've been following this for many, many years, and now a radical Islam is raising its ugly head. They've been here, multiplying infiltrating. But now they're raising their head again. And as a matter of fact, they're going to have a march in Washington, D.C. called the March on Washington for Gaza this Saturday. We're going to be talking about that. What's behind this? What's going on? Who's involved? We'll do that with a national security expert in just a second. But first of all, you're listening to Sandy Rios 24-7. This is Sandy Rios. We come to you three times a week with news of the day and sometimes just topics that are broader than that. Today, this is a little more timely, and yet it will be uh, something you can listen to after the fact. But I wanted to alert you to what's happening. Uh, You can call us at 662-821-2040. That's 662-821-2040. You can find us uh, on any of the social media outlets, Sandy Rios 24-7. You can follow me on Twitter at at Sandy Rios Tweet. You can email me, how very old-fashioned, at sandy at net. Or you can go to our website, SandyRios.com, and find information that you need. You know, one of the things that we discuss every day is the work of pre-born because, because of you, actually. And so many of you have joined in. If you just are tuning in for the first time, your new listener, Preborn saves unborn babies' lives with use of ultrasound. When the moms see their babies in utero, they choose life almost more than half of them, and probably maybe nearly 60% of them, decide to keep their babies or at least to adopt them out, but not to not to go through the abortion procedure. And this year, Preborn's network of clinics saw over 58,000 babies saved. I want to thank you, all of you, that made that possible and ask you, if you could, please reach down deep and see if you can help them starting here in 2024. Go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn dot com slash sandy and now a historian really of the um, uh, of the jihadi movement in this country and around the world former cia agent and much more is joining us her name is claire lopez so sit back and uh, maybe not relax but be diligent because you need to know from this edition of sandy rios 24 7 Right. Sandy Rios with you, and that's the pleasant sound of the uh, pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas uh, uh, demonstration in front of the World Trade Center. And right at the door, shutting it down, making it impossible to leave or to go in. How ironic. Do I not remember that on 9-11 of 2001, uh, the World Trade Center was brought down by Islamist jihadis who have, are joined at the hip from Hamas, I, this is, I don't know if that um, kind of irony or deadly irony occurred to anyone else, but it has certainly occurred to me. And so pro-Palestinian rallies are taking place all over the country. Uh, they're taking place in the major cities. They're taking place in Florida. Uh, they're stopping traffic. Uh, so it's a very dangerous situation, not just uh, the danger physically, but the danger of the ideology infecting this country like a cancer. Well, I can't think of anyone better to join me this morning than Claire Lopez. She's the founder and president of Lopez Liberty, LLC. She was a vice president at the Center Center for Security Policy for a very long time, worked as a senior fellow at the London Center. She also is a longtime instructor on Iran, Hezbollah, and the red, black, green axis for understanding the threat. And last but not least, Claire has the distinction, along with me, uh, being declared a Women Against Islam. It was a list published by the Southern Poverty Law Center in 2015. We were there with Judge Janine, Laura Ingram, Brigitte Gabrielle, and Coulter, and a few other lucky girls. And so uh, with that, Claire, good morning, my fellow Women Against Islam. Thank you for joining me this morning.
1: Oh, good morning, Sandy. So good to be with you again.
0: Yeah, we have to say that that was uh, written because we were Rightly pointing out the dangers of Islam, radical Islam. I mean, we were people were being beheaded in this country, and so. But yet, we are that we're the bad people for mentioning that. So I just want to put that in context. It's really not funny. But um, Claire, there's a big march on in Washington this Saturday. March in Washington for Gaza. That's Saturday, January the 13th, at what they call Freedom Plaza. First of all, who is this? Who is this that's descending on the Washington Monument on Saturday?
1: Well, you know, we can look at the website that they have up online. Um, it's at March4Gaza, March, 4 gazaorg And um, you can see on the, uh, the homepage um, a, uh, a shorter list of some of the sponsors, uh... that include uh... the american muslims for palestine care council on american islamic relations ICNA, islamic circle of north america and so forth but if you drill down uh... into the website um you can come uh... to uh... a list of the uh... the supporters uh... for this uh... for this event and uh... as i printed this out from uh... from the website i got thirteen whole pages uh a list of of those supporting and part of this this march this organization uh whether they'll all be there or not i don't know but supporters of amounts to somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe three hundred and fifty organizations um, what's what's notable to me you know what sandy is not just that this is a who's who of the Muslim Brotherhood in America which it is but we should look also, uh, and, and again, at the website march4gaza.org, um, at all of the accompanying supporting organizations, which include a number of Jewish organizations, which include a whole set of communist organizations, um, and that's the part of the red-green uh, axis that, that you were just mentioning there. So, you know, we, we've got um, not just all of these, uh, you know, to be expected, the, the, the Muslim organizations that belong to uh, the broader Muslim Brotherhood sort of network in America, uh, but you've got the, the, uh, the, the Communist Party USA, uh, D.C., Young Communist League, D.C. Communist Party, um, you know, and on and on. Um, this is very much a red um, green Axis organization.
0: Yeah, I see Code Pink, and they're, of course, uh, Code Pink, which is notorious for their actions, you know, about, you know, I haven't hear, don't hear so much about them anymore, but five or six years ago, uh, they were the radical leftists, and they, they did a lot of bad things to undermine law and order here. And Black Workers for Justice, a lot of black organizations, which is the black part of the Axis. And just as you read, now the other thing I want to mention before we... Move on. It's also uh, like uh, Is Israel Palestine Mission Network of the Presbyterian Church USA. So we got churches involved in this too. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a huge. Number.
1: Yeah. so All of them are listed. Uh huh.
0: Yeah. So, Claire, um, when I was reading those names, the Islamic organizations like CARE, like ICNA, what I've got to read this Young Muslims, um, Muslim. Muslim Legal Fund, uh, just all of those groups. It reminded me of the Holy Land Foundation trial. It reminded me of that find by these FBI agents, this accidental find of the the plans of the Muslim Brotherhood to destroy this country. Because those organizations were all partner organizations. They were listed in what they found in that home in, Nor- in Virginia. Can you say a word about that? I mean, this is now yeah. what we thought were terrorists are now, now convening this rally in Washington, D.C.
1: Well, among them, yes. Yeah. So what happened is that um, back in, I think it was 2004, um, some very alert patrol officers, police officers, noticed a car on the chesapeake bay bridge um, going across the bridge and leaning out of the window uh, the man was driving but leaning out of the window i guess on the passenger side was a woman uh, you know completely covered up hijab and all of that um, taking photos not of the beautiful scenery of chesapeake bay but rather very specifically of the support struts the support structure for the bridge well that caught the attention of the patrol car uh... the police officers there they pulled the car over um, ishmael Barrassi was the driver they ran a check on him found out there was an outstanding warrant for him out of chicago if i recall right and uh, so they followed up uh, and uh... took a look at uh, the home in alexandria virginia and there throughout the home Uh, They found boxes and boxes all over the house, all over the house, in the garage, everywhere. Uh, He turned out to be, Barassi, turned out to be the archivist for the Muslim Brotherhood in America. Now, this was back before everything had been digitized, and so these were uh, mostly paper documents. Well, they collected them, and they formed the basis for the prosecution of the Holy Land Foundation, Hamas, Terror funding trial that concluded in 2008, just as you say, and um, interestingly, uh, in that in that trial, the um, list of unindicted co-conspirators ran to oh I don't know more than 200 names of individuals and groups, and the the prosecution had that all teed up for further prosecution after they had finished the first trial. Uh, of the Holy Land Foundation itself, and its leadership went to jail. But the the unindicted co-conspirators included many of the names on this list we're looking at here today, but the Obama administration and then Attorney General Eric Holder declined to prosecute, and so they were never prosecuted.
0: Yes, and so, and further on that, uh, Claire, as, as you and I both know, you better than I, but Certainly, I was on that list for a reason because I talked about this a lot. And uh, I'm holding in my hand what, as you well notice, an explanatory memorandum from the Mm -hmm. archives of the Muslim Brotherhood in America. And I just want to read this phrase just to drive this home. This, among all the things they found, they found the goal of the Muslim Brotherhood in America. And that was, again, we should, let's, let's kind of flesh this out for a second. That was CARE, Council on American Islamic Relations. It was the Muslim, what is it, university, I'm sorry, I don't have that list in front of me, but there were other major uh, Muslim organizations that were mainstreamed. Oh, the Muslim Students Association, the Islamic Circle of North America, all had been kind of mainstreamed, and this was kind of shocking to some people that they were part of this plan. And here, let me go ahead. The process of settlement is a civilization jihadist process, with all the word means, The Ikhwan Muslim Brotherhood must understand that their work in America is a kind of grand jihad in eliminating and destroying the Western civilization from within and sabotaging its miserable house by their hands and the hands of the believers so that it is eliminated and God's religion, meaning Allah's religion, is made victorious over all other religions. It could not be clearer what their goals are is there a correlation? Am I jumping to conclusions here, Claire, or is there a correlation between what's happening on Saturday?
1: Oh, not not jumping to conclusions at all. You're, you're spot on, of course. And um, <clears throat> that um, explanatory memorandum found in the Alexandria townhouse of Ishmael Barasse way back in 2004 um, absolutely states what you just said in translation, of course. This was introduced, by the way, into the trial evidence for the Holy Land Foundation, uh, Hamas, terror funding trial. Um, And again, remember that that trial was about a particular organization called the Holy Land Foundation. Its purpose and what they were doing and why they were charged and and eventually found guilty was because they were channeling millions of dollars, um, supposedly charity, um, collected as such, channeling that to Hamas uh, in in Gaza. Hamas, of course, is the Gaza branch of the Muslim Brotherhood founded in Egypt uh, back in 1928 by Hassan al-Banna and uh, fellows uh, at the University of Cairo. Um, So we see, again, many of the same names that were listed Again, the unindicted co-conspirator list. If anyone wants to look at that, by the way, go to Steve Emerson's website, the Investigative Project on Terrorism, and um, you know, plug into the search bar the terms unindicted co-conspirators. You'll come up with that list that we're talking about here, with so many of the same names that, yes, are scheduled uh, either to be at the march on Washington for Gaza on Saturday, or at least in support of it.
0: Claire, just to give some background here, Barack Obama was elected in 2008. By the time he was elected, we were already being muted. It happened right after 9-11. Muted in our discussions of what Islam, the teachings, the orthodox teachings of the Quran, were, which is kill or conquer, which is overtake, conquer. It is exactly what the jihadis practice, even though not all Muslims embrace that. And so we were sort of marched out of town for talking about that. And by the time Barack Obama was elected, he installed, he reinstalled Muslim Brotherhood types all over the U.S. government, in the military, everything. And so what I've noticed, um, what's been interesting, is that they've been kind of silent. Uh, they just kind of went in underground and did not beat their breasts like they were uh, during that time after uh, 9-11. Uh, but I, I knew they would reemerge because uh, they have a long game. So this is a reemergence in a big way as a result of that, uh, s- that Sabbath massacre in Israel. This gives them an excuse to reemerge and reinstate or just be public about what it is they're trying to do.
1: Yeah, exactly. Now, I, I, I think that th- there's, there's a, uh, a very uh, sophisticated, um, uh, you know, strategy going on here. After 9/11, and with the worldwide response, certainly led by the United States and NATO, to go after Al Qaeda, to go after the Taliban. By the way, they never went after the true organizers and directors of 9/11, and that was uh, the Iranian regime. But that's another de- another topic. But after we all went after, uh, in particular, Al Qaeda and its its affiliates, its offshoots around the world, I think there was a change in strategy. Um, on, on the part of the uh, jihadist enemy. And that, that strategy, I think, moved towards um, using subterfuge, losing, uh, using um, a, a more sophisticated kind of uh, tactic to infiltrate uh, and take us down from within, because we're kind of good at going after outright terrorism. Terrorism, of course, is violence against non combatants, quite simply put. Hamas uh is on the United States uh State Department um foreign terrorist organizations list and for a reason. So they they shifted tactics, subversion uh is 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 more sophisticated uh using mechanisms like interface dialogue you were talking about uh, the list here, Sandy, of of these uh, supporters for the for the Saturday march on, on on Gaza, and and noting, you know, all of the religious organizations on this list that are, you know, including Jewish organizations. Um, there are uh, Methodist names on here. Um, you know, this this is what they're doing: uh, interfaith dialogue is sly, it's cunning, it gets at the goodness of the hearts of primarily Christians and Jews who want to believe that everybody has a good heart like they do, that everybody can be reasoned with, can be reached through some kind of compromise or outreach. And of course that's not the case at all, as we well know, and as the Islamic enemy knows as well, um, but this is their way of getting inside uh, the tent, if you will. Uh, it is it is subversion, it is subterfuge, and it's way more effective on a Judeo-Christian-based society like ours uh, than it ever would be in a place uh, elsewhere in the world, let's say.
0: Well, back to the march. Because on that website, uh, they talk about what their goals are. So... Uh, okay, the first one is an immediate and permanent ceasefire in Gaza. Again, they are descending by the Washington Monument this Saturday. I really, I have a problem with that. That really bothers me because I've seen them convene in Washington before. I remember, I don't recall what the issue was, Clara, but I remember right across from the White House in the park there, uh, there were it was something about Israel. It was, this has been a few years ago, Israel and uh, and Palestine probably, or Gaza, and they were mad, and they, they filled that park angry, furious, and the police actually had to come and escort the uh, pro-Israeli demonstrators out of the park because they were afraid they would be harmed. That just, that just, to me, was just a sign of what's underneath the surface, and now they're coming out. They're going to come out in droves on Saturday. So... I'm going to talk about the goals in a second. Do you think there's any real? You think it's going to be violent, or do you think that it won't be because they're trying to? It's subterfuge, as you said.
1: Um, I, I I don't know that we're going to see much of any kind of counter um, presence, counter protest, if you will. Uh, for one thing, um, the weather forecast uh, has it raining uh, most of the day. As I'm seeing at the moment, anyway, so we'll see about that. That could put rather a damper on things. Let's hope so. Um, but but I don't I don't expect much of a counter presence for protests there. Um, but as you know, as as we said, there are so many participants, or at least uh, signed on supporters uh, of the march. It could be a very large event, yes. Um, and again, they're appealing. They're appealing to the goodwill of good-hearted people, Christians and Jews, um, who who want there to be peace. Of course, we all do. But after the atrocities of the Shabbat massacre on October the 7th, anyone who doesn't understand that the Jewish state of Israel is fighting for its very existence and can no longer live safe and secure next door to the annihilationist um Hamas, and also its junior partner in, in Gaza, by the way, is Palestinian Islamic Jihad, a uh, directly formed by Iran Shiite uh, jihadi organization. So they can no longer live by them. They, they can no longer um, have people live in safety and security nearby that 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 kind of hatred. And so, you know, the the goal of, of, of these marches, of these groups, of Hamas in particular, uh, and its branches in the United States, like CARE, um, the objective is to stop the fighting. Because why? Because the Israeli Defense Force is being so effective at clearing out uh, the, the Hamas presence and other jihadi presence uh, in Gaza, moving from the northern part of Gaza, now Gaza City and around it. On down now to where they are in Khan Yunis, towards the southern part of the Gaza Strip, and and also risking their lives, not bombarding and leveling the entirety of, of of the Gaza Strip into rubble. No, sending their own troops down into the tunnels, massive kilometers long networks of tunnels, to clear them out, to to seek out, find and eliminate the the, the command and control military leadership of Hamas and Pidge, as we call it for short, and also to be looking uh, for and hopefully rescuing hostages. That's what they're doing. So, of course, the calls uh, from the Hamas allies and partners in the United States and elsewhere, oh, please stop, 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 we have to have a ceasefire. That's what this is about. And good-hearted people who don't want to see warfare or killing of any kind, of course, are sympathetic to that, or they're counting on them being sympathetic, oh. you know, to that to that line of of appeal. So that's what this is about.
0: Yeah. Now, just to using their verbiage, they they're called they're accusing Israel of genocide in Gaza, where the, which is you just described what Israel's doing. We know that from the news accounts. Uh, we demand an immediate and permanent ceasefire over twenty one thousand plus. Palestinians have been killed 70% were women and children with 54,000 uh, injured and 1.8 million displaced in the last 3 months and then it goes on to call it genocide uh and then also they want to hold Israel accountable for war crimes now Claire I don't know how we can quantify this but one of the things we've learned uh, with these these particular Islamic organizations is that they don't they don't feel compelled to speak the truth I mean they put
1: they, they <laughs> well, I'll take it further yeah. Islamic law obligates, obligates under Islamic law, all faithful Muslims to lie to the infidel. That's an obligation of the faith. And we are the infidel. Muslims.
0: We are the infidel, just by the way.
1: Absolutely. America and is the so infidel. These, these statistics, these numbers uh, that we're all seeing, being cited, where do they come from? They come from the Ministry of Health inside of Gaza, which is run by, owned by, operated by Hamas. And so I wouldn't take any of these numbers at face value. There has been a large loss of life, yes. But remember, on October the 7th, after Hamas burst through the fence line and began slaughtering Jews in the kibbutzim and the other communities surrounding right around there Gaza, who followed the Hamas jihadis into the kibbutzim. Who joined in the rape, the pillage, the the atrocities? Gazan civilians, that's who. So let's let's hold off on uh, a gushing out of sympathy for Hamas and its supporters.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I want to point out something else, uh, Claire. You know, there was a march on Washington, oh, I don't know, a month ago? in support of Israel, there were several hundred thousand, as I understand. Yes, Uh, there were. There there were lots of Jewish or Jewish, well, people that were Jewish serving in Congress and others that wanted to identify and declare their support of Israel. One of those was Chuck Schumer. And Uh, I would just really, yeah, could you tell us a little bit about Chuck Schumer and his, the Jewish Chuck
1: Schumer and his relationship with these groups? Well, so he he did appear, as you said, at this Um, this rally in support of Israel uh, some weeks back, um, and then went back to Congress and voted against additional support and aid from the United States to Israel.
0: Yes. Okay. So while he's standing on the stage, I wish we got a little bit of it, and I'll play it in a little bit. But Uh, voted against it, voted against aid to Israel, declaring all the while that he's supporting Israel. This is the way the game is played. It's just they can't get away with it like they used to because of cameras and uh, citizens being able to catch things uh, that they used to be able to get away with when they went out to talk to various constituents. But didn't he also have a very strong relationship with CARE, the Council, or American-Islamic relations?
1: I'm not sure exactly what that might be. Um, But I do know that an awful lot of our elected representatives in Congress, for example, Representative Ilhan Omar out of Minnesota, Representative Rashida Tlaib out of Michigan, and others uh, are sympathetic to and have been, uh, as you say, filmed and and recorded um, at at events uh, with care. Uh, care representatives, um, and that's not just our elected representatives; it's our national security organizations as well.
0: Yeah. Well, all right. So, what what do you recommend uh, people do that are in DC, uh, those that are listening to this, or live in surrounding areas? What should they do? How should they respond on Saturday?
1: Well, the first thing that I, that I might say, um, I, I would not I would not encourage people to go to the event itself. Uh, but the thing that can be done before then um, we 're here talking uh, you know on on Thursday, a couple days before the event, um, call up the offices of your own representatives in Congress and make sure that they 're aware that this is going to be happening. Make sure they 're aware of who the participants are, who the organizers are, what the purpose of the event is uh, and, and and you know have have a, a discussion as much as you can. Um, with, with your own congressional representatives. And then for those who uh, live in the, uh, the D.C., Maryland, uh, and Virginia areas, um, maybe get a hold of the offices of your state representatives as well.
0: You know, I, I was a, I'm a Chicagoan, and so I remember very well when uh, the Nazis marched through Skokie. Skokie is a northern suburb of Chicago where so many Jewish people live. And so they allowed the Nazis to march through Skokie, but the way that people responded is they just did not go out. They, did, they closed their shades. Everyone just ignored it. It was as though it never happened. That's kind of mm-hmm. the way I feel about this, Claire. I just agree. I, I think you're absolutely
1: it. right about that. Yeah. I no, mean, they do have, uh, horrendous, atrocious as it is, um, you know, the, the right to, to this kind of uh, hideous speech, uh, demonstration, and i would expect that they probably got permits for the event uh, to to be uh, at freedom plaza on pennsylvania avenue and on the mall must have permits for that gathering but yeah aside from contacting your representatives state local and and um, congressional uh yeah just stay away it's going to be a messy rainy day anyway better to stay indoors <laughs>
0: Well, yes. Oh, Claire, thanks so much. I appreciate you joining us again. Claire was the founder and president of Lopez Liberty LLC. And one thing I didn't say about you, I meant to mention this at the beginning, so I'm going to mention it at the end. You actually completed Marine Corps Officer Candidate (coughs) School in Quantico, Virginia, but then you declined that commission and joined the CIA. So that's part of your... God, I'd like to see you in that uniform. I could, I could see you with a gun, Claire.
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh, I have one little photograph. I'll send it to you.
0: Oh, okay, okay, good. All right, Claire Lopez, thanks. Your national treasure. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Sandy.
1: Thanks so much. You are too. All
0: right, Right. Sandy Rios on Sandy Rios twenty four seven. This is Sandy Rios twenty four seven on American Family Radio. Last year, because of you, Preborn's network of clinics saw over 58,000 babies saved. Thank you to each and every one of you who made that possible. I want to tell you one of the stories because these are these bring it home for us. There's a girl named Daisy. She and her husband had decided they never wanted kids. Isn't that kind of the way it goes right now? People are either not marrying and having kids or people just don't want to ever have kids. Uh, When she found out she was pregnant, she immediately thought of abortion, but after she and her husband met her baby on ultrasound and heard the heartbeat, their hearts melted, and they chose life. Her baby, Jeffrey, is healthy and beautiful. Daisy and her husband can't even imagine life without him. I think that's the story for most everyone who has a change of heart or even thinks they don't want children. Once they see them, it's pretty special. Take it from one who knows. Well, if you want to help, go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy.
1: Throughout this conflict, there have been rallies in support of Israel, in support of Palestinians, and in support of peace. An event called March for Israel drew tens of thousands to Washington yesterday, calling for the return of hostages taken by Hamas and condemning the recent wave of anti-Semitism. Our Christina Ruffini was there and has the report thousands of people, some literally wrapped in the Israeli flag, descended on the National Mall Tuesday.
0: We wanted to be here and sort of be a part of the community and a part of the efforts to free
1: hostages and to um, just hope for peace. With pro-Palestinian protests popping up in cities across the U.S. and around the world,
0: (laughs) Jewish celebrities, civil rights leaders and even the Israeli president took to the stage, albeit remotely, to voice solidarity. Together we grieve, and together we shall overcome. Am Israel Chai. They were joined by Jewish and non-Jewish members of Congress from both parties.
2: The survival of the state of Israel and her people unites us together.
0: And both chambers.
1: Today, all of you are here showing we will not hide in the face of adversity. Uh,
0: so that was the voice of Senator Chuck Schumer, and of course, that's the Jewish March on DC, which no one was afraid of violence there from the Jewish coalition. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? So pl- patently different. So they had a peaceful protest, and of course, a number of congressmen, as the CBS reporter described, came on the stage to support Israel. Well, that's good. I'm not unhappy about that at all. Except I would say that Senator Chuck Schumer, as I mentioned with Claire, has a really interesting situation with this. She not only told us that. He left the stage there and went back and voted against any kind of uh, uh, help from the United States to Israel. But it's worse than that, I think. Two decades ago, after 9-11, Chuck Schumer declared the Council of American Islamic Relations, that's CARE, saying it has ties to terrorism and called for the federal government to cut ties with the controversial anti-Israel group. Well, he's uh, kind of changed his tune. Last year... He said in a letter of support for CARE that the United States is fortunate the organization is fighting for the sake of our freedoms. Okay, so in 2015, he applauded CARE for its determination to continue to spread humanity and to cultivate and encourage mutual understanding amongst Americans of all backgrounds and cultures. All right, so that's uh, Chuck Schumer to CARE, but uh, on the stage in the pro-Israel Um, uh, protest rally whatever he's uh, all about israel that's the way it goes in dc and that's why we're in such trouble i've asked bruce to join me because bruce is a former fbi agent uh he also was former uh, prosecutor in cook county chicago honey i seem to remember that you were at uh, and the fbi in chicago when that holy land foundation uh case came down weren't you
2: Yes, what was uh, really stunning is it was my very first day in the office after being transferred from Los Angeles to Chicago, and I was just there putting my boxes into my office. My two bosses were gone to Washington for a conference, and I got a call. Tell them
0: what your position was. Yeah,
2: I was one of the legal, uh, legal advisors, and I got a call from the case agents who were monitoring two Islamic Foundation charities, quote-unquote charities, They were called Biff and Griff and they had secret electronic surveillance that was court ordered to listen in on what was going on inside these two charities and they heard what sounded like documents being shredded and they overheard conversation from the people in these charities that they had been alerted that the FBI was looking at them and they were going to destroy the evidence of what they were doing because these charities hide under the um, auspices of being a charity, but in in really what they do is they funnel a little bit of the money to orphans and charitable groups, but for the most part, the money goes directly to Hamas. And so what we found out is that uh, a reporter had spoken to one of the people at the Department of Justice in Chicago, one of the U.S. attorneys, and been tipped off that we were... Investigating these two wow. charities, wow. and this reporter called these charities and said, "Are you aware that the FBI is looking at you?" And once they got that call, they started destroying these documents. And what the agents wanted was to execute a search warrant on both of these charities immediately. And we had never done that on these type of organizations. And like I say, it's my—I've been in the office about an hour and a half. And so we had to call headquarters and immediately get authorization to go ahead, get a search warrant, and raid these places before all the documents were gone.
0: One thing that strikes me about that story, Bruce, is this: what you're describing is when the FBI was a powerhouse fighting this right after 9/11 and preceding that, when they did that, they undercover they found by accident what Claire described as the documents for the. Um, uh, Muslim Brotherhood, the FBI was all over this. You guys had so many experts, decades of experts in Islam, working and patriotically trying to save the country. No more, right?
2: Well, that's true because uh, the, the uh, episode that we're speaking about happened in December of 2001, so it was still in the same year that 9-11 had happened. But uh, as I stayed in Chicago the next eight years, it was amazing the transformation from really going after these groups to now someone got the idea, and I think it was Director Robert Mueller, that we are going to outnice these groups and invite them into our own house to try to change them. We we want to think the best of people, and they are very good at telling a story.
0: And Americans assume that everyone thinks like they do because of, I think, their ignorance I don't, I don't, I'm just, it's not stupidity, that's different. Not low IQ, just don't have any idea that other people groups think differently. They really do want you dead, they really will behead you. It's not like the way we've been raised.
2: That's correct. Um, violence to many of these groups is an absolute uh, everyday thing. You heard, Claire, and I saw this personally as an FBI agent, that Islamic law obligates people who are faithful Islamists to lie to the infidel. Well, the infidel is us, it's Israel, it's anyone that supports us or Israel. And as a polygraph examiner, I oftentimes had to polygraph Islamist people who uh, were either suspects of crimes or were providing information. And I'm telling you, our idea of what the truth is is not their idea of what the truth is. And they will look at you they will look you straight in the eye and tell you, you know, green is red and red is green, and never blanch.
0: Because they think that's it, righteous because it, that's what the Quran tells them that, to do. They
2: have been told that. Yeah. You know, uh, this whole thing, I, not to get personal, but like you think about the irony, and that's putting it mildly, the irony of these people, these pro-Palestinian people, protesting where in front of the world trade center think about that that place was attacked not once but twice by islamists the la veterans cemetery that was right across the street from the fbi office when i was there in los angeles and it's a beautiful place 80 to 90,000 graves there from world war 1 to now and you should see the slogans and the desecration that they used on the gates to the cemetery and on some of the graves and you think about the what that means to Jewish people that's what the Nazis did the Nazis desecrated their cemeteries this this is just uh, this is nazism 2.0
0: and also when they uh, I didn't mention this with Claire but when they convene on some spot in a culture that is important to that culture sacred or important they believe they have taken it they declare that it's theirs this event is an act of declaring uh, that they've conquered that to be in front of one of our the washington monument for heaven's sake it has a lot of significance to them even if, as we're kind of clueless because everyone demonstrates there so why not this group that's
2: but, that's right sandy and uh you know i knew we were in deep trouble when the FBI and the rest of the federal government started advocating this interfaith dialogue that Claire mentioned. And what that was is, instead of investigating these people and going after them, we thought we would outnice them and that they would come on to our side. So we started inviting the Islamists into the FBI offices to sit down and talk with them.
0: Could I just pick that up? Because I was with you one night at a Citizens Academy in Chicago. And I wanted to come in here. You're presenting on polygraph to the citizens, and this is something the FBI has done for a long time, right? It is. Citizen Academy, just to select people from the community to come in and kind of get familiar with the work of the FBI. But this time, there was like ten uh, uh, Muslim men dressed in their long white garb with the the cap, and in the middle of Bruce's presentation. They all got up and went over to a, like a free area with their rugs, got on their knees, and started doing the Muslim prayer.
2: Yeah, right. Uh, it
0: was unbelievable.
2: Yeah, and and don't think that wasn't planned, and don't think sure. that wasn't sending a message. And it was to okay; us.
0: nothing happened to them. Oh, nothing happened because to the them. director of the FBI in Chicago told me personally that you know, no, we have to get you know close to them and you know become friends. That's what he was telling me. I was appalled. So. That's what they do. That's what they've been doing now for decades. And here's where we are. Uh, Heaven knows how many will descend uh, on Washington on Saturday. Uh, That's, again, the 13th, uh, Saturday 13th at 1 uh, o'clock. And the other thing, one last thing I want to mention, because this is so concerning. The American government has become so silent on this and so accepting uh, that... My understanding—I just was told yesterday—that the security for the Supreme Court was approached by someone about this rally and had no clue, never heard of it. The Supreme Court is just right there; that they'd never—they had no idea this was happening on Saturday. That's how unsecure and how unserious our government is about protecting the people.
2: And I'll guarantee that if anything happens there. Those people who engage in that will not be treated the way the January 6th people are. And I think one thing to look for is, uh, as Claire mentioned, she's suggesting that you do not go and counter-protest. One thing to watch, though, is will this event be like January 6th, where people are embedded by not necessarily our government, but by these groups to pose as counter-protesters and start trouble. Oh, well, be- that's right. Because that is always their their trump card, is they play the victim card. Yep. And so anyway, I'm just saying, I don't know that it will happen, but if it does, be aware yeah, the, that that could be one of the possibilities of why it
0: happened. Yeah, we have to remember that this is the, the, the Islamists are the ones who put their, like in Gaza, hide their uh, their equipment, their their strategic uh, actions uh in hospitals, yeah. so that P- uh, the whoever is aff- uh, opposing them at the time has to bomb hospitals, and then they they cry and claim, show babies. Uh, they're the ones that, like um, Osama bin Laden, who put grabbed his wife and put her between him and the bullets from uh, the men that ended up killing him on that fateful day a few years ago. This is what they do. They don't. They do not. In fact, I'll just close with this. I will never forget someone who had already infiltrated, who I tried to oppose in DC, who was at a conservative group. And um, I was objecting very loudly to this. And I had a tape of him still do saying, We love death more than they love life. Ladies and gentlemen, it is not the same mindset that we have as Americans. We are fabric, our DNA even if you're not a Christian and you're not a Jew, your DNA is not to kill people. Your DNA is not to slaughter them, to uh, torture their children or cut their throats. It's not in your DNA. You can't even imagine it. And yet this is the mindset of the jihadis. So just be aware of that. Flip a button, flip a switch in your mind so that you can understand what it is we're up against and why it's so serious that that Saturday, January the 13th, The March on Washington for Gaza is taking place in the nation's capital by the Washington Monument. Well, I think that's everything for today, Bruce, unless you have anything else to add.
2: Well, just following up on what you said, as Benjamin Netanyahu has said in the past, if Hamas laid down their arms today, there would be peace in the Middle East. But if Israel laid down its arms, they would be annihilated. And I think that sums up what we're talking about today. Yeah.
0: Well said, honey. Thank you for joining me. Well, I want to remind you, you're listening to Sandy Reels 24-7. We're saying goodbye to you now, but I want to thank my sponsor, Preborn, preborn.com slash Sandy Saving Lives by showing women in crisis pregnancy what the baby looks like. And so many of you have been so generous And I just pray that we continue this so that we are just steady supporters that on their list, top of their list, which I think we are now, we are their chief supporters. And I do think that we are moving in a dangerous time where life is not sacred. And it may be that we're moving to a time where showing mothers the picture of their baby may be the only way we can save those babies in their womb. So let's do it. Preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. Sandy. I want to remind you, you can call us at 662-821-2040. You can email at sandy at afr.net. We are available at any podcast platform. AFR.net is our mothership. You can go to sandyrios.com for more information. And I think that's it. Thank you so much for listening to today's edition of Sandy Rios 24-7.